I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we have a millennial chat with actor Kenny Liu. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. All right, so we have a really interesting millennial story that we want to share with you this week. So tell us a little bit about who we've got up. Well, what about if a guy who immigrated from Taiwan didn't even speak English until he was like six years old? Um, 
competed on the U.S. Wushu team, which is a Chinese martial arts, essentially. Uh, he earned a degree in mechanical engineering from UC Berkeley, no less. Started his own business right after college, a startup business in Silicon Valley, sold it. And then just a few years ago, decided to go into acting, and now he's starring uh, in a bunch of things, including a major TV miniseries. I would say that's definitely an overachiever, and it's making me feel like I've not done enough in my life. Yeah, I mean, this guy's a, a, a young guy, and yet he seems like he's you know lived many lives so far. Yeah, and that's that, I think that's so cool because he probably brings all that experience into his roles, which you know makes him even better as an actor. Yeah, so we're talking about actor Kenny Liu. Um, so he, like I said, he immigrated from Taiwan, uh, born and raised in uh, or born and raised born in Taiwan, raised in in the the Bay Area, and now he he became an actor just a few years ago. Like I said, he's n- mainly known for his uh, iconic role as Goan. Uh, on Dragon Ball Z, uh, which is a, a series on YouTube they had out a couple years ago, and they just released a brand new uh, episode uh, movie uh, that's out on YouTube right now, Dragon Ball Z, The Light of Hope, which is out on, on YouTube right now. So check that out, and we'll have the link for that. But Kenny is now currently also starring in the National Geographic Channel Iraq War-based miniseries, uh, The Long Road Home, uh, which also stars Michael Kelly, um, who plays the chief of staff on House of Cards. The, the good guy on House of Cards, not the one that's been in the news lately. <laughs> well, he plays a bad guy, but he's well, yeah, exactly, yes, not but. Yeah, not that guy from House of Cards. And then Jason Ritter from Parenthood. He has a new TV show, and there's a bunch of other really great actors. But but Kenny plays this um, pivotal role in, in this in this uh, miniseries here. And I caught the first episode, and I'm, I'm recording the next few episodes, and it was really intense. I mean, it's like you know American Sniper kind of intense. Um, but he just has this really cool story of just like, hey, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do this and, and you know and now I want to be an actor and he you know talks about just chasing his dreams yeah and I think that's what makes this story so great and especially you know towards the end of the year we're all thinking about like new year's resolutions and things that we want to bring into 2018 and certainly one of them is you know we all have all of these goals and dreams that we want to achieve and so I think it's really cool to always hear stories like Kenny's a fellow millennial who you know, has had so many different like career iterations throughout his life. And it's just like, you know what, I'm going for it. And, uh, you know, he's, he's getting good roles and his career is building. And I think it's just a great story to share at this point in time. Yeah. So enjoy our conversation with actor Kenny Liu. You know, I really love your story. You know, you, you immigrated, you know, your family was born, you're born in Taiwan and you grew up in the Bay area, came here to America. And now you live in LA as an actor um, you know, how much, how much connection did you have growing up, uh, to your Taiwanese, you know, uh, upbringing and stuff? Uh, a lot, man. <laughs> I didn't speak English. Until I was like six or seven to be honest. Oh, wow. Um, be- yeah, I moved here when I was like three months old. Okay. Uh, but my family didn't really like, they were, they were really like, you know, fresh immigrants. And so they didn't speak English too well. And we didn't have any relatives whatsoever. Um, in, in, in California. And so it was a very, uh, we were a very tight knit family growing up. And so, you know, went to Chinese school on Saturdays and, um, and, and yeah, outside of that, like I, I went to school and I remember going to preschool and, uh, with my big sister and I was like, man, what are they saying to her in Chinese? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, it was pretty, uh, 
looking back on it now, as someone who identifies himself very much as American, um, I'm realizing it was, it was quite a special upbringing. Right, right. I mean, well, at least in the Bay Area, there's, you know, obviously a lot of, you know, Asian descent in, in, in the Bay Area, though, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's totally true. It's Actually, we grew up in an area that was very uh, Filipino. Okay. Um, you, yeah, in, in NorCal is uh, also nicknamed Little Manila. Yeah. And so my middle school is like 80% Filipino. And so um, I I felt like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're Asian as well, um, although our, our cultures differ quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't like too unfamiliar for me growing up. Like I didn't grow up in the middle of Kansas or something, you know? <laughs> right. Um, um, but yeah, the, the Bay area is really nice in that way. And that like, there's just so many different cultures. Our, our high school was like a quarter black, a quarter Hispanic, a quarter Filipino and, and the quarter, like everything else. Um, so it was very, looking back on it now, it's a very interesting way of, of growing up. Well, I, another interesting way, you, you have a really interesting path how you became an actor. You, I mean, you first got your engineer degree at UC Berkeley, and then you started your own business. Yeah. Um, so what, what was that startup yeah. startup business that you actually started? Uh, well, it was a basic legal services startup called Law Pivot. And um, basically, I teamed up with uh, a bunch of my friends um, who were all lawyers. Uh, one of them was a lawyer and an engineer. Um, degrees from Stanford and Berkeley. And so we decided to team up and, and do something to try to revolutionize the legal industry because at this time, um, we felt like, um, you know, legal system was still very uh, ripe for um, a revolution, like especially with the internet uh, booming still at the time. Um, and and yeah, we, we decided to start a business where basically you can have your legal uh, questions answered for a flat fee mm. versus having, you know, billable rates mm -hmm. with one lawyer and basically crowdsource your answer. Mm. Um, so for example, you, you play fat, uh, you pay a flat fee to us for, I think it was like 50 bucks or something. Mm. And, um, we would take your question. We would, we would algorithmically, um, match it with the correct area of law as well as the right jurisdiction and send it to like half a dozen to a dozen lawyers. And you would get, you know, like six to 12 answers. And that way you can see if your legal advice that you're receiving is actually um, accurate um, as well as um, seeing if, oh, wow, this lawyer communicates really well. I think he'd be a great person that I can use um, to fulfill, you know, my, my legal needs. Right, right. Uh, that's totally interesting. Um, had, had you always had acting kind of on the radar and, when did you kind of have that aha moment that you wanted to steer your life in a whole different direction? Yeah, well, I, I always knew that I loved acting. Cause in middle school, I had done like 10 plays by the time I graduated. I was known as the kid who was like the actor in middle school. I was always like the lead of these plays. Mm. And then, and I don't know what, what had happened, but I don't know if it had something to do with like cultural values or if I just didn't see you know, many Asian people on TV, but in high school, I was just like, man, I love doing this. I better stop. And so I didn't, I didn't pick it up again until well after I graduated from college and I was working at the time and I was like, wow, I'm really bored on the weekends. Let me try this thing that I used to love doing. Mm -hmm. And then sure enough, I booked the first thing that I get and there's an acting coach on set who was like, man, I, I think, I think you, you've got some natural talent at this. So let me, let me coach you. And I went to his place like once a week for two years um and he helped me 
see that, you know, like this can be something more than, you know, just a hobby. Um, it became a side job for me while I was working at my startup. Hmm. And then it was when I sold the startup that I was like, man, I, you know, I don't have to work full time anymore, at least for a while. I was like 27, 20 at the time. I wasn't married and have kids. And I was like, man, it, I, I really want to see what being a full time actor is like. And so that was when I was like, well, um, I know I've got a successful engineering career, but but I would really regret it for the rest of my life if I never tried this and saw where this path led me. Kenny's got some sage advice for anybody that wants to start a career in the arts. Okay, listen, like many of you out there, I love Notion, our sponsor today. And I honestly use it every day for my notes and journaling. I also track our family expenses and I manage all of our household to-dos. Notion has been such a lifesaver in helping me get a lot more organized because that's not one of my strengths without stressing me out. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is the AI-powered workspace that can summarize things like meeting notes and automatically generate action items and help you get answers to questions in seconds. It will honestly blow your mind. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a freelancer, you're starting a startup, or you're a student juggling classes and clubs, or you're somebody like myself that just really wants to get organized. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash etm, and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you are supporting our show, notion.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial.
In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I moved down um, to LA about January of 2014. And um, yeah, so it was it was a long process, man. Like I don't think it's it's it would be very responsible of me to suddenly be like, hey, I want to be an actor. <laughs> um, I had to really, test you know, yeah. Like, and that's that's piece of advice I would say to anybody that wants to pursue an art, um, especially coming from a career that you know you've already bled for, <laughs> and like earned a degree in, and like you know built a business or or whatever. Like, you know, like try try it out, see if it, it's really something that you want, and. Because it takes so much passion and so much hard work to succeed as as an actor as a, and as an artist, and you have to really know that it's what you want to do before you you step into it. And I I knew that I was because I was like, despite working full time like job at a startup and helping to to start it, you know, um, every spare second that I had, I was like looking at castings and trying to work on on things I wasn't getting paid for like 
for acting jobs and all, all kinds of stuff. And so I, I knew I did that for years and I'd even in time just pass by real quick. And I was like, man, okay, this is, I, I love doing this. So I better, I better really pursue it. Right. And, and you, you, uh, I like how you, you, you mentioned on your website about creating positive images for Asian Americans, you know, in, in, in acting and stuff like that. So, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's, that's something that's very important to me. Um, I grew up in a very diverse neighborhood, like, as we had covered, yeah. and, and something that I, I never realized was just how special that was, you know? Like, um, I, I have a lot of friends who grew up in, in other parts of the United States, and um, I, I feel like a lot of my Asian-American friends have a lack of pride in who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them, like, wanted just, just wanted to assimilate. A lot of them kind of have, you know, shed their, trying trying to shed, you know, their 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 heritage and i i think that's a very um awful thing to do yourself and and so um one thing i've realized about myself is that wow like i'm I'm very proud to be who i am i, I think i've got my heritage my culture has something to offer as well as um just asians kind of having a place in the fabric of america you know um mm. we've been as much a part of american history as any other ethnicity and yet we don't really see that reflected on tv and so what I hope to do is to be able to um, represent Asian Americans in media um, and, and not even in a, in a way that's like, hey, pay attention to me. But then it's, it's more like, hey, hey, guys, like we're, we're part of this, too. Like I, I want to be identified as American because that's how that's how I grew up. You know, right. like my values are very, very truly American. Um, and 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 I want to be a part of this community just as much as anybody else. Right, and I mean, and for me, I I grew up in Orange County in L.A., and, and you know, I was you know surrounded with nothing, you know, but we had so many Asians growing up and stuff like that. It you are you're, you're yeah. essentially you are Americans, and 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 I think that's cool that maybe even someday we get to the point. Oh, you're not Asian American, you're American. You know what I mean? Like we're we're not even, you're not an Asian actor, you're an actor. You know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be great to get to that point towards you know just this that yeah. it's, it's normal. But that's what I hope, and and I still feel like we as an Asian community, like still kind of lack that, you know, like when we have dialogues about, you know, um, um, like racial progress or something, like I still feel like we are, we are lacking in that area because a lot of us, I feel like have just detached from it and decide to pursue an academic career or, you know, a professional career Mm -hmm. and don't really care about the, the social impact of, you know, you know, our presence as a part of the fabric of America. And um, that's that's something important to me is to to say, hey, hey, we're here too, you know. Yeah. Um, and we would love to contribute, and we would love to be a part of this with the rest of everybody. Right. Well, but growing up, you, you did do uh, martial arts all, and, and you you were also on the national team, the U.S. national team as well. Yeah, that's correct. I was on the United States uh, Chinese martial arts team. Um, that was something that um, was another part of my heritage, just like. Um, I'm really into salsa now, and I've discovered that for a lot of um, Hispanic Americans, like salsa, is something that they learn um, just as you know, learning from their family. Like yeah. it's 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 very much a part of the culture and the heritage. And martial arts is the same thing for um, especially Chinese Americans, but for a lot of Asian Americans, um, it's it's not the same way that a lot of Americans perceive it, which is like, how do you fight? Like how do you uh, defend yourself? How do you like apply this and and beat somebody up? Um, martial arts in Chinese culture is is very holistic. It's a very spiritual practice, um, and so that's why you see a lot of people doing Tai Chi, or you see somebody doing a sport like I did called Wushu, where we're not really fighting anybody, but 
a lot of it is your mind body spirit connection like you are um, doing it for your own well-being and for your own health and it's a it's a form of uh, expressing yourself um so so yeah it's a it's a very different take on what martial arts is versus um what most of us perceive it is in uh in in the west right and we, and also too you got you got to use a lot of that martial arts in your upcoming dragon ball z uh thing that's, <laughs> that's coming up on youtube right that's that that's going to start soon Oh yeah, yeah. That's actually launching uh, tomorrow. Okay. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Dragon Ball is a very popular uh, Japanese anime, mm-hmm. and uh, we adapted it to um, to live action. And our first episode has 28 million views. Oh. Wow. Um, and this next episode now is is like a much fuller film. We spent another two years on it, and we're expecting a lot more people to to watch it as well because we we really. Um, put so much more into it than the, than the first one. Um, but yeah, the martial arts really applied because, um, if anybody's familiar with Dragon Ball, it's, it's very grounded in, um, uh, one of the, a really famous, uh, Chinese story called journey to the West. Um, and, and the martial arts that are needed in Dragon Ball, like needs to be very, um, cinematic and very, um, grounded in Asian roots. And so it can't be something like, born identity or you know like where the it's shaky cam <laughs> right. and people are like in each other and, right. and that kind of stuff it's not that it has to be it's a very stylized like almost hong kong-esque mm. um style of fighting that needed to be present and so my chinese martial arts background like really helped with that because wushu um is is very is very much like that you know there's a lot mm. of posing and there's like a lot of like very stylized ways of kicking and punching that um that is, is critical to to having the fight be convincing, right? And you and how cool is it that you you were actually watching those cartoons as a kid, and then you actually got to play, you know, them now <laughs> as an adult, an actor, and everything. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Anybody who's a fan of Dragon Ball has always wanted to be um, a Saiyan, uh, which is the the alien race that is, uh, <laughs> right that is very prominent in the series. And um, yeah, it's it's it was a dream come true, man. And and honestly, like when I was growing up, I thought Dragon Ball was just a uh, an Asian thing, you know. Like oh, I always, right, right. I always was very ashamed of it. Like I would hide <laughs> in my room and, and like watch this this cartoon that like on PBS. Or right, right, like, right. Like, um, and then and then as soon as they get cast in this thing, man, and we get invited to all these comic cons, mm. I'm looking around at the faces that attend our panels, right. and I'm just wow, this is so diverse. Like. One of our co-creators, his name is Donnie McMillan. He's he's African American, and his wife is uh, Rita McMillan, who is uh, Hispanic American. And we would go to all these cons, and then we would have we would have African Americans, we would have Hispanic Americans, we would have Asian Americans, like all like such huge fans of this show. Right. And and it's it was it was completely mind blowing to me um, how universal. Um, something, something is really universal about this story that kind of like everybody can tap into. And, and I really like being a part of it because it's, it's one of those rare times where I feel like everybody's just united under something as, as ridiculous. Right. You know, <laughs> golden, like, for your own, right. like throwing key blasts and flying through the air and stuff. Um, so it's a very, it's a very pleasant feeling to be a part of, um, a show like this. Right, and that's and that's gonna be so that's gonna live on YouTube. That is already on YouTube, I just say. 
Yeah, yeah. There, the first episode is, and then we have a full, much more full film coming out. Uh, I believe we're going to be launching that at midnight tonight. Okay, cool. Which makes it tomorrow. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll have the link up then for it too. Cool. So, so, and then now, now you're starring in you know this really big miniseries for the National Geographic, uh, the Long Road Home with Michael Kelly from House of Cards, Jason Ritter. You know, um, and I, I got I, before we started this interview, I watched the first episode last night, and it's so intense, yeah. and, and you're really great in it. Yeah. How? Tell us about that. Tell us about the series and your your character, Sergeant uh, Eddie Chen. Yeah, this this series is uh, it's called The Long Road Home. It's eight part TV miniseries. Same team that did Band of Brothers. Basically, uh, it's very, it's it's the show is very similar in the sense that it's a miniseries, and uh, we've got each episode focused on a specific character. It's based on a true story um, in in Iraq uh, during the Iraq War when these nineteen guys get pinned down by ten thousand insurgents, and it's about them trying to survive this eight-hour ordeal in which they are pinned down inside of this house in Iraq. And um, what makes this story special is that, man, like we we had all the vets who survived the ordeal um, come out to set before we even started shooting and, and give us their blessing and telling the story. Because National Geographic was like, man, um, here's $60 million. Here's, here's this book that this is based on mm -hmm. um, by Martha Raditz, who's an ABC journalist, mm -hmm. and um, you know, do whatever the hell you guys want. Like, we're not gonna we're not gonna make you politicize anything. Just tell it, just tell it accurately. Right. Um, we don't want we don't want this story to be another like go U.S. military. Um, we want it to be very much a story about what is it like to be a soldier mm -hmm. and all of the good and bad things that had to happen out there for these guys to survive. And, and it was very eye-opening for me because when I met these vets, man, and like they, at least half of them, the only reason why they even came, came was, was because National Geographic had promised them that, Hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna like lie about any of this. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to tell the truth about everything mm -hmm. and all the trauma, like how, how difficult it was to be out there. Um, all of that. We're not going to try to paint you guys as like, you know, some explosion hero or like some action hero mm -hmm. um, because that's, that's not what happened. Right. And, and these guys were like, thank you. Finally, thank you. Somebody's telling our story, right. And not exploiting us for, you know, you know, getting butts and seats or, or, you know, ticket sales. Um, so that's, what's really special about this story. And um, for Sergeant Eddie Chen, he's a Taiwanese American who grew up in Guam and um, he, spoiler he ends up passing in this uh in the story he's the only guy in this platoon that ends up dying oh, okay. and um he was very special yeah he was very special to the guys in this platoon um because he was a little bit like a big brother to everybody um and and yeah when he passes like everybody's just like man we're not going to survive this are we um so yeah he's he's got a very critical um He's a, he's a very critical part of this of this story, and um, especially being the only Asian American soldier. Like, there's a when I was first there, there was a big reunion that was thrown uh, for all these vets who came by, mm -hmm. and uh, as as soon as they saw me, uh, I'm the only Asian guy in this platoon. Like, as soon as they met eyes with some of these vets, man, like tears just started like streaming down their face um, right. because they knew immediately who it was. Mm -hmm. Right. And 
and you're playing Sergeant Eddie Chen, huh? And and I'm like, yeah. And and they're they would have to hide their faces because they're like, here's like this like 13 years of like hiding it, you know, not not saying anything to their family or their friends about any of anything of what happened. Um, and they they would turn to me and say, thank you for playing him. He was one of the best guys we ever knew. Um, I wish I could have done more for him. And and then they would all roll their sleeves and they would have a bracelet um, with his name on it still mm-hmm. where it says, like, rest in peace, my brother, Sergeant Eddie Chen. Wow. So, yeah, so, like, oh, my God, that first week that I was there, like, just there were, there were a lot of tears being shed. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was just such a, a brotherhood that, that I've that I've never felt before. Um, it makes this one of the most meaningful things that I've, I've ever done in my life is be able to tell this story right for these guys who felt like they've been mis- misrepresented and exploited for, for so long. Right. Well, and, and but we're also going to see your character in a few more episodes as well too, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I go beyond just the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, how was it actually working, you know, with with the, these guys too? And and did they they teach you kind of how you, you need to do a lot of things too and stuff like that in in the film? Oh yeah, because you guys actually trained yeah, in, we, in Fort Hood too, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, the army was very generous. Uh, they gave us a they gave us a bunch of tanks. They gave us Humvees. They gave us a big plot of land on Fort Hood Army Base in in Texas, and um, we they built like 200 buildings for us to simulate Sadr City, Iraq. We had all the vets walk through the city um, to make sure that it was accurate, um, and whatever they they thought needed to be fixed, we fixed it. Um, but but as preparation for this role, like we had um, a couple of Army Rangers, um, Michael Baumgarten and Jericho Denman, who. Um, made us go through uh, army boot camp. <laughs> um, so we got we got training for it as well. Like they did, they did such a great job of of helping us prepare for this role, and so we can try to tell this story as accurately as possible. You know, um, because this I felt was very much for the vets by the vets, um, because we had a bunch of them stay on as technical advisors and and, and that kind of stuff. Right, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's it's, it. Just sounds powerful as it is, and it, and and it shows so much on the on the screen too. I mean, it, re- it really reminded me a lot of like you know something like you know American Sniper or something like that that just really gets intense, you know, as as yeah. as, as it goes on and stuff. And um, I I wasn't right. I wasn't expecting what the story was actually about. I was like, oh, okay, it's about kind of one incident, and then it kind of tells that whole right. story through multi parts. And so I, I think it's a fascinating yeah. piece. Yeah, 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 exactly. And as great as that first episode is, like the the real meat of it mm. is in the middle of the series when it shows some some really awful things that had to happen out there. You know, like some of the difficult choices that some of these guys had to make. Um, and it doesn't glorify that. It shows kind of how what it what it does to a person to have to to kill people, and not just one person, but let's say several generations of the same family mm-hmm. um there are, some kids had to die too was shot by american soldiers mm-hmm. and national geographic was like we're, we're showing that because that's that's what's happening that's that's what happened right um and we're, we're they they didn't want to poo-poo any of that you know like they didn't want to soften that message for so that we can go yeah 
U.S. military. Right. Right. It's, I mean, it's just really kind of telling us, you know, this is this is what happened. This is where you know this is how things actually unfolded. You know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, before we let you go, um, I you talked about you know your your business that you start up and your career and go to actor and everything like that. What's like uh, a, some really good advice you, you would kind of tell a, a younger millennial that is, you know, just starting out or maybe wants to even make a shift in their career, kind of like you did? Yeah, um, I would stay, stay, I would say stay true to yourself, um, especially as a millennial. You've got we've got such a wealth of choices these days, you know, like you with the internet you've got access to pretty much anything you want to read any video you want to watch anything you want to listen to and it helps the most to know yourself um because otherwise you'll just get distracted um you know like be don't don't compromise on on what you truly want and your dreams are um because it's very easy to to be led astray and end up doing a job that is close enough to what you truly want to do um, but not really what you really want to do. Um, so I, I would say, I'd say know yourself. Right. Do you think as, since you already started a business before, do you think that's something down the road that, you know, you could, you feel like you could always go back to, you know, doing a business and then acting yeah. at the same time? Yeah. Absolutely. One of the, one of the strengths of, of having been an engineer an entrepreneur prior to being an actor is you can apply everything that you've learned um, to whatever you set out to do. Mm-hmm. And so as an actor, like really I'm running a small business, yeah. um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and second to that, like later on, if I ever want to start my own company again, then I can use those experiences. Um, I'm, I'm much stronger for it. So, so absolutely. I would, I would say keep, keep going and, and keep doing whatever interests you because as you, as you keep rolling, you know, your ball just keeps getting stronger and bigger and faster. Right. Well, last question I have for you since, since you've been in LA for now a few years and stuff, have, have you become a Lakers fan or are you still possibly still a Warriors fan? <laughs> well, uh, I've always been a Warriors okay, fan okay. even before, you know, they got really good. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, sorry, sorry, LAers, but I'm going to have to stick with the Warriors. Right, right. Especially now, why not? I mean, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they could be, you know, back-to-back champions this year too. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. When I was growing up, the Golden State Warriors were like the joke of the, of <laughs> right. the league, and, and next thing I know, like I'm like, wait, what? We won the champ? What? <laughs> right, right, right. That's that's awesome. Exactly. So, well, Eddie, thanks for for coming on the show. We totally appreciate it. Where can we find, you know, any of your work, um, you know, t- tell us your, your website and, and where we can find any of your work and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, if you want to follow me on social media, you can uh, look me up on Instagram or Twitter um, at the Kenny Lou, uh, which is spelled L-E-U. And if you want to look for any of my work, uh, I've got a website, KennyLou.com. We've got all Kenny's links in the show notes. So head on over there to check out everything that he's up to. As always, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Shauna Game. You can check out Jeff on Instagram at The Traveling Game. And if you love this podcast, do me a favor, share it with your friends, shout it out on social media, and head on over to the link in the show notes and leave us a review.